Thank you, Eric. That deep, deep love. So we are in this series on the garden, and a couple of weeks ago when I was here, I shared the idea about growing toward the light, right, and that you needed to put down deep roots, and so I love that idea of putting down deep roots into that deep, deep love, right, so that you can reveal that, that spirit within. And of course, I left you with a spiritual practice that week, and I know it's been a couple of weeks. Some of you are probably thinking, oh, so forget about it. I'm trusting those of you who took on that practice practice for the last two weeks. So I want to remind you of what the practice was as we were reaching for the light, putting down those deep roots into love. This week, pause throughout your day to consider what you have placed your attention upon. Make the choice to focus on possibility, opportunity, and the life of God within that is guiding your way because here is another opportunity to grow. So how many of you took on that practice two weeks ago? a few hands. Super. Now, I stand in faith in knowing that these practices are transformative, and I know that because as I've applied them in my life, they have transformed my life, and so I absolutely know that it has had some impact on you. Those of you who took on that practice for the last two weeks, it's had some impact on you, some aha, some deeper understanding. How many of you experienced that? Oh, I see a few hands. Now, You know that when you are um, stretching into that deep, deep love that is God, sometimes you're made uncomfortable in that stretching. And so this is, for some of you, an opportunity to express through that uncomfortableness. So who would like to share the insight, the ha-ha, the understanding that you received from that practice? I see Bonnie, and if there's somebody else, raise your hand because I'll come to you as well. But Bonnie... Even in the midst of unexpected circumstance, I was able to find the good and just trust the outcome. Yes. Find the good in spite of the situation and trust the outcome. Right? Who else? Anybody else want to share? <laughs> Super. Nice. Remind me again of your name. Tom. All right, Tom. That can probably speak to a lot of us, right? There's deep wisdom in this room. 
as we all take on these practices and decide to do these things together, I want you to share with one another because here's the thing I share with you all the time, and you might think, oh, but that's Reverend Joanne, and she's a minister, and of course she gets this stuff. But so do you. And I want you to hear from each other how you're getting this stuff. So thank you, Bonnie, and thank you, Tom, for sharing how you put that practice into action over the last couple of weeks. So today we're moving on to the idea of the weeds. How many of you got weeds in your life? <laughs> so if you're a gardener, I, I'm a gardener. I used to have a great big garden, and some summers I was really good at the weeds, and some summers I wasn't so good at the weeds. But if you're a gardener, when is the time to weed? Right now. Right? Doesn't matter when I ask you that question. The answer is right now. But the thing about, like, right now, really, is that the weeds are all pretty small. They're pretty easy to pull out, to, to take charge of. And as a gardener, I know the value of pulling out the weeds. Why do we want to pull out the weeds in our garden? To make room for the plants? Bob, you got to get the whole roots. We're going to talk about that, Bob. Yeah, pull out, pull them out by the roots, and and it's easier when they're smaller to pull them out by those whole roots. You're cultivating beauty, and the weeds are getting in the way, right? They take up the nutrients, right? So if they crowd out your plants that you're nurturing and wanting to grow, your, your lettuce and your tomatoes and your peppers and your flowers, they're pulling away the nutrients from the soil, the water. And so to give your, your, what you're nurturing a chance, you want to pull the plants that are growing up around it, the weeds, if you will. And so that is what I would, would do. As I said, some summers more successfully than other summers. I did find out something really surprising, though. Do you know if you don't pull out the weeds, you'll still get some fruit, vegetables? Anybody ever notice that? They may not be as big or as plentiful, but the weeds won't really stop it completely for the most part. So this understanding of weeds, we all get, right? They're, they're typically something we want to get rid of. They're one, we want to keep working at it. It's important to start early when they're little, all of that. But for this topic today, I wanted to give you a, a different perspective of weeds. Because we, we tend to think of weeds as something we need to get rid of. The definition, one of the definitions of a weed is simply something that is growing where we don't want it to grow. Guess what? A rose could be a weed. If it was growing somewhere where we didn't want it to grow, it would be considered a weed and we'd want to pluck it out. We put a lot of time and a lot of energy to pulling out weeds that we don't think ought to be there. I was thinking about the weeds that we do that to, right? Those of us with lawns that see the dandelions coming up in the spring. And we think they should not be there. On our drive last week down to Tennessee, we passed these fields of mustard, bright yellow mustard flowers blooming. Did anybody ever see those bright, beautiful yellow fields of mustard flowers. And Gary said, wow, somebody really planted those. And I said, well, actually, those are weeds. The farmer did not plant them. In fact, that farmer probably wishes they weren't there. 
the weeds have a benefit. One of the things that I found out and realized is that weeds will grow where nutrients are deficient. So a weed will move in into, I'm sure you've all seen places, fields or empty lots where the ground is solid and compacted and it appears nothing will grow there. It's a fallow field. There's no nutrients left in the soil. And before you know it, what moves in? Weeds. The weeds speak to me of the abundance of life. You can't stop a weed. Any empty area that there is, in no time it'll fill up with weeds. By doing so, it not only, see what happens is those weeds make deep, deep roots into the ground. Like the dandelion, anybody know how long a dandelion root is? A foot. It's a foot long, right? And that foot long dandelion weed goes down deep into the depths of that soil and finds the nutrients and finds the water and brings them up through its flowers. And then when they die back, guess what happens? Those nutrients go back into the soil. And in that way, the soil is built back up again. There are certain weeds that when a farmer has over-chemicalized his field, those weeds will move in because they will replenish that field. It's not something we often think about with weeds. We only think they shouldn't be there. We spend a lot of time and a lot of energy trying to eliminate the weeds, which have a purpose and are really beautiful. My mom tells the story about when I was about, I don't know, three or four, and I picked her a beautiful bouquet of dandelions. Remember when you were three or four, if you can think back that far, how beautiful dandelions were? What was more magical than a dandelion that had turned to seed that you could blow and watch the seeds just fly off in the wind? You know, it's children. We know the beauty of those weeds. But what I want you to hear, what I want you to catch is that we've decided that there are weeds that we need to eliminate. So to uh, share a little lightness this morning, I have a, a story I wanted to share with you about this very thing. And this is a conversation that takes place between God and St. Francis. So God says, hey, St. Francis, you know all about gardens and nature. What in the world is going on down there in the Midwest? What happened to the dandelions, the violets, the thistles, and the stuff that I started eons ago? I had a perfect, no-maintenance garden plan. Those plants grow in any type of soil, withstand drought, multiply with abandon, the nectar from the long-lasting blooms attract butterflies and honeybees and flocks of songbirds. I expected to see a vast garden of colors by now, but all I see are these green rectangles. St. Francis answered, it's the tribes that settled there, Lord, the suburbanites. They started calling your flowers weeds and went to great lengths to kill them and replace them with grass. God said, grass, but it's so boring. It's not colorful. It doesn't attract butterflies or birds and bees, only grubs and sodworms. Temperamental with temperatures. Do these suburbanites really want all that grass growing there? Well, 
only so, Lord, said St. Francis, they go to great pains to grow and keep it green. They begin each spring by fertilizing grass and poisoning any other plants and crops that come up in the lawn. Well, God said, the spring rains and warm weather probably make the, ra- the grass grow really fast. That must make the suburbanites happy. Well, apparently not, Lord. As soon as it grows a little, they cut it. Sometimes twice a week. They cut it? Do they then bale it like hay, God asked? Uh, not exactly, Lord. Most of them rake it up and put it in bags. They bag it? Why? Is it a cash crop? Do they sell it? <laughs> no, sir. Uh, just the opposite. They pay to throw it away. Now, let me get this straight, God says. They fertilize the grass so that when it does grow, they cut it off and they pay to throw it away. Yes, sir, says St. Francis. These suburbanites must be really relieved then in the summer when we cut back on the rain and turn up the heat. That, that surely slows down the growth and saves them from a lot of work. I'm not going to believe this, Lord, says St. Francis. When the grass stops growing so fast, they drag out their hoses and pay more money to water the lawn so that it continue to grow and they can continue to mow it and then pay to get rid of it. What nonsense, God says. At least they keep some of the trees. That, that was sheer stroke of genius. If I do say so myself, the trees grow leaves in the spring to provide beauty and shade in the summer, and in the autumn they fall to the ground and they form a natural blanket to keep the moisture in the soil and protect the trees and the bushes. Plus, as they rot, the leaves form compost to enhance the soil. It's the natural circle of life. You better sit down, Lord. The suburbanites have drawn a new circle. As soon as the leaves fall, they rake them up into great piles and have they pay to have them hauled away. No, God said, what do they do to protect the shrubs and tree roots in the winter and keep the soil moist and loose? Well, after throwing away their leaves, they go out and buy something which they call mulch. They haul it home and spread it around the base of the plant. And where do they get this mulch? Well, they cut down trees and grind them up to make the mulch. Enough, God says. I don't want to think about this anymore. Sister Catherine, you're in charge of the arts. What movie have you scheduled for tonight? And Sister Catherine answers, dumb and dumber. (laughs) And we can laugh, right? We can laugh at the craziness that that we create. Do you get that? Like, we created this idea that we have to have lawns and they have to be green and we have to get rid of the weeds and we have to spend money and put chemicals on. Do you know that as United States citizens, we, we, the Americans spend $1 billion a year to maintain their lawns? $1 billion. I think to myself, what could we spend a billion dollars on? Providing a lot of jobs, providing some education, feeding some of the hungry. You know, I don't know, something. As we step outside of this idea that we have created, that the weeds have to go. And so my question for you this morning, what I really want you to think about today, is where have I identified what I would call a weed in my life that I want to reach down and pluck out and throw away, and I'm forgetting the 
purpose. I'm forgetting that it's there to nourish and nurture the fallow soil of whatever that experience is in my life. I'm forgetting that it's there to attract the good, you know, the butterflies and the bees and the insects that come to those weeds. I'm forgetting the gift because in my mind, I've labeled it a weed that must be gotten rid of. Anybody have any experiences like that in your life? Somebody mentioned that deep root. What happens to a dandelion root? Maybe our jacket should. What happens when you pull up a dandelion and trying to get rid of it? What usually happens? It breaks off. Those of you who are gardeners, don't you go, oh, because what's going to happen? It's going to come back. And they're stronger than ever. So here's what I want to suggest that you think about. When you want to reach down to whatever that circumstance, whatever that situation is, whatever that relationship that you want to get rid of, that you think is a weed and you don't want it in your life, and you reach out and you break it off and you throw it away, chances are it's going to come back again. Maybe not in the exact same way, but in some way because you haven't received the gift of it yet. calling you to see it, not as a weed, not as something to get rid of, but something that is there, deeply reaching its root down to bring forth the nutrients from down deep. You could think of that dandelion root growing a foot down into the soil. It's like those deep roots that you have in that moment that are reaching into the divine mind consciousness of God to nourish and nurture you through whatever the situation is that you are experiencing that looks like a weed in your life. And I'm telling you, you can never break off that taproot. That's the good news, right? We cannot break off the taproot that we have to the divine. But we can choose to see those things in our life that we would like to get rid of, that we would like to call weeds, that we want to spend all of our time and attention on destroying, we could instead take a breath. And rather than wanting to destroy it, ask, what's the gift in this for me? How am I being called to learn through this? What am I being called to grow through? How can I transform myself? How can I see the gift that this weed is here providing for me? Now, with that in mind, please realize that I get that there are weeds that we need to eliminate, right? As a gardener, there are weeds that I need to eliminate to grow and nurture a healthy crop. But what we need to do is engage in that power of wisdom that is within us that helps us to discern what is a weed that I have control over that I can pull out? And what is a weed that I would call a weed, that is simply here to reveal itself as a gift to me. We have to use our inner wisdom to discern the difference, to pluck out that which needs to be plucked out, but catch the gift and that which is there that doesn't always look so nice. 
so like you, we've got to practice that. So our practice for this week is to pay attention to the ways you are spending energy on things that are crowding out your spiritual nature. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about those areas in your life that feel like weeds, that you'd like to get rid of. We all have them. Anybody here not have a weed in your life that you'd like to get rid of? Kelly. Whoa, way to go, Kelly. (laughs) She might not have heard the question quite right. So here we are. We all have these things, these challenges. It wouldn't be life without these challenges, right? We all have these challenges. To ask yourself the question, where am I placing my attention with this challenge? Am I placing my attention on needing it to go away? Am I placing my attention on how I've been victimized by it? Am I placing my attention on, you know, the trouble of it all? Because that's one thing we could do with the weeds in our lives. But what I'm suggesting to you is to find whatever you are being distracted and diverted by and fully engage in that that keeps you from your spiritual growth and transformation. And dig that out. So here it is. Here's the weed. I can focus on this darn weed. Or I can focus on there's something here. There's a gift. There's something I'm going to learn through this. I'm going to be strengthened in ways that I never imagined. I'm going to find this power of imagination in me that I never knew I had. I'm going to find the ability to make a different choice for myself because I've got that within me. I'm no longer going to focus on what I don't want. I'm going to focus on God here in this moment and all that is here to support me so that that weed turns from a weed into a beautiful, beautiful flower, a beautiful flower. Because what is a dandelion but a flower? What is that sweet clover that grows that we would call a weed but a flower calling to it the butterflies and the bees? So I'm going to pull out what's diverting me so that I can focus on that good, that God. Now for each and every one of us, that's going to be something different. You have to decide what is your diversion that keeps you from Fully experiencing God here with just what I would call a weed in my life. Prayerfully consider what it is that you are being called to release in order to create more time for connecting with God. I read a Pew survey this week that said that 80% of everyone who comes to church comes to church so that they can experience the presence of God. And that might be why you're here. And I am trusting, and I have faith that you do experience the presence of God here through the music, through the prayers, through the meditation, through interacting with one another. But I'm telling you that you will be much better served if you take these practices with you out into your world so that you can experience that presence and power that is God all the time. And not just when you're here. So, here's a practice support you in doing that. And I leave you with this little story that comes from Anthony DeMello. He tells the story of a, a man who did everything he could to get rid of the weeds in his lawn. He worked hard, tried all things, could not get rid of them. They kept coming up. So finally, he decided to write a letter to the Department of Agriculture 
to ask them what did they recommend for getting rid of the weeds in his garden. The response came back. And the recommendation was, we suggest you learn to love the weeds. Just love the weeds, Christy. Thank you. God bless.